This episode of the Wiffle League Podcast was recorded on Friday, November 18th, 2016. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Welcome inside the Wiffle League podcast. I'm your host, Rich Nassif. We got a busy one today. Uh, as always, faithful sidekicks, JF, the commish, our content producer. Jason, our audio producer. Jason, I believe last time you were in France, right? That's right. How was it? It's good. I'm back from the brink. You brought some great Dijon mustard home. Ah, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I didn't even say thank you. You implied it. Okay. Uh, Josh, our stats coordinator, as always, is in his corner. we got a full studio. We've got uh, Dave Leap in the house. Dr. Steve Andrews floating around somewhere. We'll bring all those guys in later. Look forward to speaking with Mike Hansen, our special guest. We'll get him on the phone from Cali. But uh, before we get into awards, before we get into the banquet, uh, definitely have to do a nice recap of Wiffle Series 12. Um, I think to many a surprise sweep by the Fireflies, winning game one, three to one, Russ on the mound, and then taking uh, the second game after being down late, I believe it was a Dave Leap single that drove in two runs and allowed Brandon Eckert to get the 5-4 win in extras. So again, Wiffle Series 12, headlines says Fireflies sweep the storm. And with that, we want to uh, do a different type of recap, one where, JF, I believe, as the content producer, you've prepared some some quality for us. Yeah, we had Brandon at the after party that Jason uh, graciously hosted, and uh, Josh actually conducted the interview, so we've got some audio clips from that interview with Brandon. Awesome. So I'm just going to tease each of these, and you'll... Uh, You'll give us the uh, the substance. You got it. All right. First one, Brandon's thoughts on being down 4-1 going into the bottom of the third inning in the second game. I was thinking about game three. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think I was talking with Dave. I think we both agreed we were both thinking about game three. Uh, on the flip side, you know, when we said we had never given Russ like a two-run lead, on that flip side – I don't think we've ever come back from something like a three-run deficit. It just we don't score runs. That's mm-hmm. not what our team does. We have some clutch hits, we pitch, defense. That's it. And being down three with two innings to go, I'm sitting there going, "All right, well, I guess I'm going to be pitching the decisive game in this series." I mean, that I was like, "That'll be kind of cool, you know?" Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How, how did that guy win a championship? I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Brandon on striking out in a big spot in the bottom of the fourth, only to see Dave come through with a... Okay. I don't strike out that often, and I pride myself on contact. And in the biggest moment of my Wiffle, wiffle career, I mean, it wasn't... I mean, it was a good pitch, Josh, but I don't think it was a pitch I should have struck out on. And, like, I felt like the bat kind of slipped from my hands. I was... First, first time all my wiffle career ever used rosin. Never used rosin before. So I forgot to rosin up right before that, and I felt it slip, and I'm just like, motherfucker. I was like, I'm going to strike out in the biggest moment of a goddamn career. And then Dave, that, that guy, that guy, the amount of clutch hits that dude has had, picks me up. It's amazing. All of a sudden, I'm like, it's 4-4. It's a brand new game. I, I can't even believe it. And I mean, we all know what happened after that. Can we can we get some confirmation on what this song is in the background? Black Dog. Black Dog. Is that? Yeah, Led Zeppelin. Okay. Led Zeppelin or the Stones? Well, Led Zeppelin. No, okay. Rock and roll. Steve, Steve says. Rock and roll. Oh, our resident, rock, rock our resident roll. music expert, Steve Andrews. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Um, all right, uh, after Russ pitched eight innings, 
Brandon, how did it feel taking the ball? I felt good. Yeah. So previous series, I felt terrible. I couldn't locate anything. None of my pitches had the movement they wanted. Um, so, but this, I think is, it's kind of like counterintuitive to think, but the wind blowing out actually helps me because it really gives, it helps me locate my pitches better and it really helps me give more movement to my pitches as well. And um, so I had my sinker, I had my riser, they were both working. I knew JF struggles against the riser. I just, it's the one pitch, like the sidearm motion or whatever it is, the speed, he just, he can't handle it. So I'm like, as long as I get through Josh, I'm golden. Like, isn't a riser a women's softball pitch? Yeah, I believe so. Ooh, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve Andrews and Luke being 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. What was his approach? Steve, I don't know if you noticed today, he's really out in front of everything. I don't know if it was like anxious or what, but he's got to add some sort of like timing mechanism in his in his swing because he was really out in front of everything. And uh, so I was like, the slow one's going to kill him. So I was throwing my riser to Steve. And then Luke, just I wasn't going to throw the, the slider to Steve, but I was like, slider to Luke both times. And it got him looking. And then Steve, I think I struck him out of my, my, my sinker both times, my drop ball. Just I threw it just a little bit harder, and it just... When I threw it hard, it just doesn't make the strike zone. It just dives, and and he was just a little aggressive and, and went after it. Brandon, whether or not he was surprised by his team's success. After the draft, you know, we I think everyone on my team would have agreed that on paper we probably weren't the best team. You look at our team, we go, mm. but then Russ just he had this killer year, just absolutely killer year. And, and again, Dave and his clutchness, I can't speak enough about that. And it just went in close games. That's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was when Dave was live and he was reaching over the microphone to get a pretzel. Anyway, uh, Brandon, feeling after the final out of winning the World Se uh, Wiffle Series? Awkward. I I didn't like. I kind of knew like when it happened. I was like, yeah! And, like I ran over there, and like, you're like, okay, do you pick up, like, do you pick up the guy, or do like, do you jump in his arms? Like, how does that how does that work? You know, I, I haven't been in very many championship situations, so I didn't really know. And so I kind of like bear hugged Paul, and then like all of a sudden Dave comes in flying behind me. It's like. And like he just kind of like jumps on us, and I, my first thought was, "I am 31 years old. He's gonna hurt my back." <laughs> All right. Lastly, what was the champagne celebration with Dave like? So yeah, we bukkakeed Dave in the face. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. So yeah, we bukkakeed Dave in the face. Come on, Jason. You gotta be better than that. Yeah! <laughs> that is not me on the buttons. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Ah, uh, wow. J JF, do we have a name for this segment? Is this like a, a thing we're gonna do from now on? Uh, we don't have a name for it. I figured, you know, we had the interview. We might as well use it. No, I some I, good info. I really liked it, and I good think this could be very versatile. I know the draft and the draft night interviews have been a little controversial at times, but I feel like this would make for a good segment even at the banquet. Yeah, definitely. All right. I think we need to go to break. Is that right? Yep. All right. Come on back for our second segment. This is the Wiffle League Podcast. And welcome back inside the Wiffle League podcast. Josh is getting pissed off about something over there. Um, I want to make sure that, uh, again, everybody knows we got some crowded studio in here. Dave Leap, I think he'll be joining us later. But Dave, don't don't be afraid to pipe in when you can. I know Steve Andrews is over in the uh, 
production suite. So, Steve, if you can, uh, I know you're listening, but if you want to provide any feedback, don't be afraid to jump on. All right, we're going to get into our 2016 award nominations. These are the awards that make up uh, the bulk of the the uh, Winter Wiffle Banquet. Um, often a lot of contention over these awards, who's nominated, who might win, who ends up winning. I'm sure a lot of uh, you know unhappy campers sitting at home, but you know what? That's why there's next year. And join the party. I didn't get nominated for shit. So <laughs> we're going to start with the play of the year. Uh, I believe uh, we'll go one by one, and we're going to be able to show these. First one was Russ Anderson playing the outfield. So, Rich, this actually may be a good time to mention that we're on Facebook Live right now. Oh, and how does this technology work, JF? You'd have to ask Jason. Okay, Jason, how does this technology work? I see the replay. What a great hustle by... Russ, I mean, if we did the uh, metrics on ground covered, exit velocity. Oh, and here's Brandon Eckert with the second play of the year. Crashing into the fence and center. Holding on. Thoughts? <laughs> Are we going to get a slow-mo so, slow replay, right? So for our listening audience, uh, Rich is watching these plays right now. And if, you're, uh, if you've joined us on Facebook Live, you can also see what's going on. And here's the final one, Josh Wittenberg. One-handed catch over the fence. Can you raise the volume, please? Sure, I can do that for you. The best part of this play is Steve Andrews' reaction. No offense, Josh. Rich, you do realize I got that at the, my fingertip. Oh, as always. Can you remind the one person listening uh, on oh, Facebook? Oh, holy fuck! Yep, Dustin, did you get that? Okay, so so Laz right now is watching on Facebook Live, and, oh. and he says, and he says, "quote Seriously, fuck all of you outfielders." End quote. <laughs> I wonder if Laz is mingling right now. He did say. He is at a bar, so he doesn't know if the audio is working, but it oh. looks but it looks great. Okay. Can can he like can I get his responses on the screen? Isn't that how Facebook Live is supposed to work? The interaction? Oh, yeah, probably. Okay, let's work on that. All right. This is in so, its infancy. We're working through the play of the year. I, I do want to get some some feedback from those of you in the studio. I think this would be a great time to bring in Dave and, and Steve and um, thoughts. Early favorite on play of the year. Dave, you want to get off your phone? I'm on Facebook Live. Um, my favorite play of the year. Should I reveal that, though? Because it's an award and there's suspense and such shit. You know? It is voted on by the players. So if you want to you know, keep a That's secret ballot, you. I wouldn't say anything. But this would be like an exit poll. Okay. I like that. Okay. While I respect Russ's catch, it's quite awesome how it hit the tree. And I don't think that's ever happened in wiffle ball history at the field. Um, I'm going to vote that second. Brandon's was really awesome, and it was a big play. There wasn't a whole lot of finesse, finesse involved, though. He went right through the fence. <laughs> but if you actually watch Josh's, he like covers a ton of distance, hops it like a gazelle, and then catches it with one hand, dives into a bush, and like gets up. And then really Steve's what in the holy fuck seals the deal for that being the play of the year <laughs> for me. So... Is there a reason Steve Andrews' name isn't included on this Play of the Year award? Special guest. Jeff? I mean, he's part of the play. Nothing? Okay. <laughs> his quote is as big as the play itself at this point. <laughs> so, um, I think what Dave was alluding to, if this was equestrian, Brandon would have been deducted some points while Josh made an effort to clear the, the, the obstacle. Um JF, can I bring you in? Were there any other plays that were close? Uh, meaning, like fourth place, fifth. Yeah, place? fourth or fifth. You know, next up on the consideration, I guess. Yeah, Brian had a really nice play that was similar to one that he made in 2014, where he got a ground ball in left and kind of hunted down the runner that was going from second to home, mm -hmm. and uh, I believe he pegged Paul about a half step before he touched the plate. So it was a really nice play. Uh, however, I finally decided after much deliberation that these three were the most worthy. Gotcha. All right, let's move on. And uh, as we kind of go through 
these awards. Again, I want to continue to get Dave's input. Steve, if you, if you care to chime in, certainly do so. And I also want to make sure that Josh, uh, if, if you can, I, I think we talked about this, get a, one interesting stat for each of the awards, You know, one that maybe sticks out or helps somebody's case in terms of uh, the nominees. So most improved player of the year, uh, Russ Anderson, Brian Boyson, and Josh Wittenberg are up for that. For Russ, his offensive performance, one of the ways we determine the nominees is we take the average offensive performance for the past couple of years that we've been playing at Chestnut and mm-hmm. compare it to the current performance from that season. Russ was uh, about 145 times better this year offensively than historically. Obviously, seeing the play of the year, he was a great defender this year also. Yep. Always a great pitcher, um, but... His theoretical runs created this year was kind of what set him apart. He, on average, creates about six and a half runs per season, and this year he created 16. Wow, so, what a spike. Very significant. And yet, I think a lot of people would say that that Josh, for his pitching improvements, and Brian Boyson, for his return overall, could be the favorites. Yeah, so I'm glad you talked about Brian, because whereas Russ is about 150% better, Brian was... 493 percent better so wow one of one of the things that i liked looking at the stats was i created a a metric to determine the the value of a player dollar wise compared to the amount that they were drafted at and this year brian went for 22 Uh dollars in the draft or in the auction and he returned the most value of anybody in the league at per dollar a, a little no well the amount of his offensive statistics yielded $66 and change worth of offense. Wow. And he only was purchased for 22 So, Dave, who's your pick for most improved player of the year? Um, man, I'm going to have to pick Brian. All right, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Steve's hiding back there. All right, next up, defensive player of the year. We got three nominees. Very similar to the previous three. We have Russ Anderson, Brandon Eckert, and Josh Wittenberg. What's uh, interesting about all three of these guys is they spent the majority, if not all, of their time on the pitching mound and in left field. And I do see that uh, Brandon Eckert is <laughs> did log some innings at uh, short fielder, which sets him apart. Josh, what's one stat that sticks out to you for Defensive Player of the Year? I mean, JF looked at every single minute and second of video, and he obviously put the stats down here, and it shows that Russ and I both had about 20 opportunities to make plays as the pitcher Mm -hmm. and close to 15 opportunities to make plays in the outfield. So, you know, whereas we had a chance to impact the game close to 35 times, and between Russ and I, we only made a a total of three errors in – almost 70-some attempts. I so. think what's really interesting is, is you and Russ combined 41 defensive chances on the pitcher's mound, only zero, I mean, zero errors. That's incredible. And especially where you guys are, have the least amount of time to react and you have to. Um, but the fact that you made 36 defensive plays and only had one error, um, that's that's pretty impressive. And similarly, similarly for Russ, 32 chances, two errors. Um, Brandon, a little bit less fielding off the mound so that might hold him back but uh again some tremendous defense all year really and i think we we noted this throughout the year how good defense was and how tight games were so i think that will be a hotly contested uh award dave thoughts uh with the exception of that one series but there there was just so many score like so many runs and i just couldn't comprehend that was the first series between yeah I the Fireflies, like totally offensive no, the, the Legends versus oh, the, legends. the Rough Riders. Right, yeah. the Legends. Sorry, Laz's team. Most runs Laz ever scored in a series. Yeah. It, was, it was madness. Can we get a number on that? Uh, we can't. We'll you're going to we'll have to give me All right, we're going to have to come back to that. All right, postseason MVP, we're going to move on. Russ Anderson, Brandon Eckert, and Dave Leap. In my opinion, Russ is kind of running away with this one because – the pitching, you know, there's just so much of an emphasis put on pitching, pitching. And his team won. And his team won, exactly. You know, you only see three people nominated here, and they're all three from the winning team. 
not only was Russ a phenomenal pitcher in the postseason, 3-0, and uh, he maxed out. He pitched 16 innings. Uh, he only gave up six runs and only gave up eight total hits in the postseason. That's he was awesome. off, he was a force offensively in the postseason too. He led the entire league in batting average in the postseason at 470 and two home runs, eight total hits, and that was huge. But I mean, he got huge contributions from Dave and from Brandon. Both guys, Dave had three hits in the Wiffle series, and Brandon had four hits in the Wiffle series, and both of them had two RBIs in that series. So, gotcha. as much as Russ was was kind of crucial to their success and to getting them to the Wiffle Series, I could almost make an argument that Dave and Brandon's RBIs in the series was more beneficial to their team. Well, it's a case of priorities if if you feel that they were the little push that they got them over the edge, that's fine, but I think without Russ, they're not even at the edge. Right. So Russ is dragging them up the hill and they're just jumping over The, the cart before the horse. Pitcher of the year, we have three nominees. Russ Anderson, you've heard that name today. Chris Lazzarini and Josh Wittenberg. Real quick, Josh, can you give us uh, the, the simple statistics for each of the pitchers? And Sure. Um, all of the pitchers were the pitcher of record in five games. Russ went 4-1, and one, Laz went 2-3, and three, and Josh went 5-0. and oh. We all pitched very similar amount of innings. Russ threw 20 innings, and he was the highest. I threw 19 and two-thirds, and Laz threw 18 and two-thirds. Russ gave up three homers. Chris gave up two. I gave up one. Uh, the thing that really separates everybody is the runs against. Russ gave up about 1.2 a game. Chris, 3.2, and myself only about 0.6 a game. Wow. So Russ, another tremendous pitching year, but right. doesn't compare to what Josh was able to put up this year. All right, we're going to move on. Offensive player of the year, Russ Anderson, Brian Boyson, and Josh Wittenberg. Josh, before I go to you on the stats, I think uh, one of our listeners was asking, Steve, what kind of socks are you wearing? Steve, you got you got to speak into the microphone. They can't hear you. I'm colorblind, but I believe they're orange with uh, uh, blue dots and uh, green on the on the toes. Could you let us know where, where we can find those if we want to purchase a pair? Put, put that right up I, into I, the camera, Steve, for I, our I viewers. I think uh, Kohl's. Kohl's? Love it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> One of our listeners uh, also wants to know, how did Brandon get nominated for the Defensive Player of the Year? Question. He sucks. Yeah, his brother asked that. <laughs> Listen. Does he want to watch 18 hours of video? Listen, no, no, no. JF, uh, let them. I mean, they got Thanksgiving in a week. They can fight over Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> All right, just let it, let it go. All right, so Josh, coming back to Offensive Player of the Year, like I said, Russ Anderson, Brian Boyson, Josh Wittenberg. Um Give us one stat that kind of stands out amongst these three. It's almost a shame when you look at Russ's offensive statistics this year. He delivered what is the sixth best statistical offensive season in the history of Chestnut Field, which dates back to 2012. The problem is Brian Boyson delivered the fifth best statistical offensive performance ever. And my performance, I think, was the second best. So... Russ had a phenomenal year, six best all time. The problem was he went up against two other guys who had historically amazing seasons. Who's the who's the best? What is the best offensive year of all time? I'm just curious. Who had the number one? Uh, that was myself in 2014, the Gosh. first year of the pitcher circle where nobody knew what the heck was going on, and <laughs> you just a had the number of people hard. a number of people batted over 400 that year. Um, but I, if I could, a, a couple yeah. stats about Brian. So obviously Russ had a phenomenal year. Brian had a historic year. He had 15 RBIs this year, which is tied for the most all-time at Chestnut. He had five home runs this year during the regular season, which is also tied for the most all-time. And he scored 13 runs, which is tied for the second most all-time. Wow. So he, he had a phenomenal year. JF, any comment as the commissioner and league historian? Uh, you know, you've been around the league the most why such historic years from the offensive players? That's a really good question. Um, and I don't know if I have a theory for that. Okay. Josh, how do you feel about it? I will say that although those three, the three players that are nominated and we mentioned had phenomenal years, the rest of the league, 
there was a significant fall off. I'm looking at theoretical mm. runs created, and if we only do the years where the pitcher circle was in 2014, the league collectively created uh, about 139 runs. In 2015, the league created 102 runs only. And then last year, or this year, 2016, the league created 115 runs. So a little bit more than last year, maybe aided by the top three guys. But I'm not seeing a huge difference you know, this I'm year from last year. I'm wondering if it could be uh, regression to the mean, Josh. <laughs> I, all right, all right. I don't, all I don't right, know if I, I would it. say regression to the mean, but I will say that after so many this is reminding seasons me played of calculus senior year of high school, Steve. After so many seasons played and so many at bats had, everybody is going to eventually revert to their average. And as we get to a point where we know what people are going to bring and we kind of know what to expect, we're not as surprised as often uh, about outstanding performances. Yeah, you don't say. Steve, would you mind touching on the uh, uh, personality disorder that we were talking about that one night? A narcissistic personality disorder? Yeah, can you prepare a short uh, memo and send that out to the league? I think absolutely everybody would benefit from that talk the, the four of us had. You got it. No Thank empathy. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, by the way, JF, next time you don't have your headphones on, I'm going to ask you another question. You better be ready because Steve won't be there. Yeah, sorry about that. What the hell? You call yourself a producer. <laughs> All right, moving on. The Heart and Hustle Award. Um, we got Brian Boyson. We got Brandon Eckert. And we have Justin Filardo. Again, JF, do you want to remind us what the Heart and Hustle Award means? Uh, it's essentially an effort award. So it's... Like any effort? Yeah. The amount of work that you put in on the field and off the field to make yourself a better player and be a great teammate. So, again, two familiar names, Brian Boyson and Brandon Eckhart, and then J I believe, Justin, this is the first award you've uh, put yourself up for. Yeah, I got voted in. Oh, okay. Um, Rich, if you... If Josh, you do you have metrics for this one? I do not have metrics <laughs> for this one, but as Dave asked earlier, I, I created a... All right, totaled up the runs scored in that game. 40 total between the... In that series? In that series. Wow. Between the and two 115 teams. 115 for, for the season, right? 115? Yeah, so they're only 75 the That's rest the of the, the other five series. Um, uh, thoughts on the Heart and Hustle Award? I mean, Boyson with his return, I think, is uh, definitely definitely got to get some consideration. Um, you know, Brandon winning his first uh, Wiffle Series. Uh, obviously gave a spirited interview afterwards. So that, that, one, that one should be interesting. Um, and then lastly, and I think most Im importantly, because we're going to have a chance to talk with Mike later about this award that's named after him, but uh, the Michael D. Hansen Sportsmanship Award. Um, again, three names you've already heard. Brandon Eckert, Justin Filardo, and Dave Leap. Do you think he's going to provide awesome analysis for that award? I hope so, but knowing Mike, he might, you know, he might just be chilling out in Cali. All right, Dave. The league this year to scored a total of 105 runs, 40 in that series, so only 65 runs scored the rest of the regular season. That that series accounted for 38% of the entire runs in the regular season, so that's pretty phenomenal. Jason, can you tell me at what minute I lost control of this show? One. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Dave and Josh need their own podcast. I think that would be quite entertaining. Um, in terms of the, that, the Michael D. Hansen Sportsmanship Award, I know Mike's going to give us a breakdown later, but JF, you want to remind the listeners what the tenets of that award are? Uh, integrity <laughs> and fair play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I think uh, this could be up for grabs. Although, I, I wonder if Brandon Eckert's raunchy commentary that he generally tends to provide will affect him because integrity goes along with that. And lastly, but not leastly, the Stephen M. Andrews Lifetime Achievement Award, and that will be handed out to somebody who's very deserving, and that's Josh Wittenberg. Steve, do you care to, uh, after you're done with your applause, Steve, do you care to touch on what it means to see this award that's named after you given to Josh? Well, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it's a significant source of pride, um, and I think when I, when I really, when I consider who's really shown themselves to be a consistently amazing 
player. There's really no one more deserving and therefore no one more in contrast to the namesake of the award. <laughs> well done, sir. Josh, rebuttal? I mean, anything that I can do to earn Steve Andrews' approval and respect, I'm all for it. <laughs> Life will change. Jason, why haven't you won this, this award? Hello? Oh, hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, why haven't you won this award? I don't know. I'm not sure I've been in a lifetime yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, JF, any other thoughts you want to put in? I mean, I know you put a lot of time into these nominations. I, you know, I actually have a question, but I do want to make sure you, you give your general thoughts about the, the nomination process. But um, I haven't done the math, but if I'm guessing out of the 16 players, nine of them... Nine of the players in the league did not hear their name called this year for an award. Is that about right? That's correct. Um, Do you want to turn your microphone on before you answer? Sorry, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that that's correct. And actually, Jason and I talked about that earlier. It was kind of a an interesting year for the league. I think there were. It wasn't necessarily that there were these top performers, but the the nominees just kind of shook out that way. Where you know, play of the year doesn't really have anything to do with the pitcher of the year, the offensive player of the year, but it just happened to be the same nominees that were uh, nominated as well for several of the awards. So it's everything kind of stacked up, and obviously the Heart and Hustle Award and the Sportsmanship Award, those are determined uh, immediately after the season. So those kind of shook out uh, interestingly as well. So you know, just kind of one of those years, and uh, I feel that it should be maybe motivation for some people going into next year. If I'm doing this right, I think Jason, Steve Schroeder, Luke, myself, Steve Andrews, Paul, Dustin, Satry. Yeah, nary a rough rider in any of the nominations is this that year. A, is that a political statement? That's open to determination. Okay. Or to I'd be, I'd be interested to look back to see if any award nominee was ever on the team that got eliminated before the playoffs started. Can you think of any? Um, if there was ever a team that Most didn't. improved, I bet somebody was up for an award, even though their team didn't make it, just because there's so few for newcomer of the year or most improved. Didn't we used to have a newcomer rookie of the year? Yeah, I think this is actually the first year that there was an entire team that didn't have a nominee. Well, let's dig into the archives. I, I think that would be uh, uh, something to touch on at the takeaway segment. Um, is it time time for an ad here, JF? We got to go to break. Let's go to break. All we right, have Mike Hansen coming on next. Yeah, good stuff. I'm excited to talk with Mike. And um, so far, again, looking forward to this banquet to see how uh, some of these heated races uh, shape up for the awards. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more with a league podcast. And welcome back inside the Wiffle League podcast. It's time to get going deep. We're joined by special guest Mike Hansen. Mike, are you there on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. And I just have to say it's about fucking time you had me on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have I have a uh, sportsmanship award named after me. Oh, uh, don't worry, we'll get we'll get to that later. So this is this is bullshit. Mike, I know you're an avid listener because uh, last time we spoke, you said you hadn't listened to one of these in a while. But um, first segment of going deep, I'm going to ask you some um, very pointed questions. Some of them will be wiffle and some of them will be about life. And then from there, we'll get into our rapid fire and then our word association. All right. And we know you're on a, a, a time limit here and so are we. So um, let's get right to it. First question in going deep, Trump or Hillary? Defend your answer. Uh, Trump, just because Hillary sucks. <laughs> Is that it? That's all you got? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well done. Um, let's go on a, a Wiffle rampage here. What do you miss most about Wiffle? 
Uh, you guys. <laughs> Do you care to elaborate? Well, I mean, I really like my life now. So I can't say I miss it that much, but I do miss the, you know, camaraderie with the guys and everything. You don't you don't have camaraderie with the guys out in California? No. <laughs> I just hang out by myself and I'm with my wife and that's it. Okay. Um You guys have a lovely house, I must say. Would you like to 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 share with us? Since you don't have much to say about Wiffle, what your favorite part of your new patio slash kitchen is? Uh, pizza oven. Yeah, that's pretty good. What was the name of that grill that suspended the chicken over the wood fire? Oh, the um, Argentinian grill. Yeah, okay. Love that. That was really good chicken. Um, all right, back to Wiffle. If you were to start training for a Wiffle return, hashtag the Hanson return, which league member would you choose first as your training partner, and why? Um, you, Rich. Rich. Definitely. <laughs> why? Uh, because you're a coach. Oh, I like Obviously. it. Obviously. I like it. I, that's, I a, your, that's your profession. I thought most people would say, like, Josh, you know, because he's a world-class athlete. Whistle oh. has nothing to do with athleticism. It's a good point. It's all about mentality and execution. Uh, who would be your last choice? It's uh, a good question. I don't know. I haven't played in a while. <laughs> who do you think would be less, l- least prepared to motivate you? Or, uh, would just, or would just piss you off, I guess, is another way to put it. <laughs> yeah, last. Okay. Yeah, that's an easy answer for him. Do you care to elaborate? Uh, he would just get on my nerves. Okay. Okay. Uh, last wiffle question, and then I got two more that I... Uh, I, I love last, by the way. I just know that in a competitive situation, we get on each other's nerves. Fair enough. Exactly. Um, the Michael D. Hansen Sportsmanship Award. What are your thoughts about that being named after you? Oh, I love it. Why? Because, because I am very competitive, and I think I showed that on the field. And... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's funny. Because <laughs> I throw people's heads a lot, but I don't take any of that back. Is it something that you list on your resume? Uh, no. LinkedIn <laughs> LinkedIn page? No. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to leave this right here for you. Cubs, World Series champions. Yep. It's uh, pretty awesome. What what's most memorable of your Cubs World Series experience? Uh, I mean, for me, this whole season has been pretty cool. It's just a special special team. Gotcha. I bet Gary was happy. Yes. Um, all right. Last question in our going deep segment. You're having a baby. What kind of father will you be? Um. I don't know. I don't know yet. <laughs> the best I can be, I guess. <laughs> Are you going to hover? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Will your child only play football, At basketball, this... and baseball? It's a, Well, it's a girl, so no. Oh, right. So? <laughs> and? You're, you're already limiting what? your child, Mike. Probably It's probably going to be field hockey, given my, my wife's expertise. Or rugby. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. Um, where are you currently driving to? You should share that. Uh, we just stopped for dinner, and then I have to go to a birthing class. That's a good start. So. Where, where did you guys go for dinner? I'm just curious. Uh, some new pizza place. I don't know. Okay. All right. You're, you're off the going deep uh, seat. We're going to shift into rapid fire. So these are going to be... Uh, Rapid-fire questions. Just give us the first answer that comes to mind. Doesn't have to be one word. Just kind of want your immediate reaction. All right? There's ten okay. of them. Favorite food? Pizza. <laughs> what kind? Yeah, what like what kind? What? Lumals. Lumals. There you go. Favorite drink? Uh, beer. 
Any particular brand? No. Okay. That grapefruit sculpin is phenomenal. I get it everywhere I go now. Yep. Favorite restaurant? Uh, A16. Where is that located? San Francisco. What type of food is it? Italian. Okay. Umami, no more, huh? It's not there anymore. I know. What the hell? Yep. All right. Better city, San Francisco or San Diego? San Francisco. Second favorite sport? Uh, football. College or professional? Uh, Pro. I mean, Illinois is terrible, so it's hard to... Yeah, the Bears are so much better, though, right? <laughs> well, no, but what are you going to do? Uh, favorite wiffle moment? Uh, last, my final year. Championship. Come on. There you go. Worst wiffle moment? Uh, just being hungover, trying to play wiffle ball. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> I think a lot, a lot of people can relate to that. Favorite Wiffle teammate? Uh, Justin. Justin's a popular choice, I feel like. He's a good teammate. Why is he a good teammate? Uh, level-headed, determined, um, always, you know, trying to make, trying to make a good defensive play, uh, clutch hitter. I can go on and on. Yeah, yeah. Last, last two questions here in the rapid fire. More likely... Illinois beating Iowa in football, or are you returning to the Wiffle League? Uh, Illinois beating Iowa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, are you too rich for this shit? Always. <laughs> <laughs> well, not anymore, because my fucking house is so expensive. <laughs> and we're just going to leave that there. Well done. All right, word association. Um, I'm going to bring Justin in for a second. Justin, hyphenations, I think we go over this every show. Do hyphenations count as one word? I like the one word challenge. Okay, so you, so Mike, try to give us a strictly one word answer here. Okay. And you're just, again, just we're going to give you a name or, or a thing and go from there. All right? All right. Justin Filardo. I can't say two. I can't say two words. No. Um. Loyal. Like it. Okay. Jeff Hanchman. Smart. Mike Hansen. Awesome. <laughs> Chris Lazzarini. Passionate. Mike Satry. Uh, funny. Brian Boyson. Um, <laughs> sleep deprived. <laughs> Russ Anderson. Nice. Rich Nassif. Coach. Josh Wittenberg. Athletic. The Wiffle League. Memories. Memories. It's a good way to put it. Justin, was there another question you wanted to uh, to ask now that we're done with not only the word association, but the rapid fire and the going deep? I don't believe so. All right, Mike. Well, you're off the hot seat. Well done. Appreciate your time. More importantly, thank Michelle for letting you do this ridiculous right. thing. Nice job, Mike. <laughs> All right. See have, you guys. Have fun at baby class. Yep. And that's Mike Hansen, everybody. Um, he is, in fact, too rich for this shit always. So uh, I think we're going to break now, right, Jeff? Yes, sir. All right. You're listening to the Wiffle League podcast. Come back for more.
And welcome back inside the Wiffle League podcast. Echo. That means it's uh, your coming attractions. I want to update everybody on the uh, to-be-determined Wiffle Leadership Council meeting, also known as the WLC meetings. A lot of hot topics on the stove. Uh... Some of which, some of which will include moving the playing field to the east side of Chestnut Park, stance mats, moving the pitcher's plate closer to the home plate, the California rule. Not sure where we got that from, but the last batted out of the previous inning will start on second base for extra innings, and replacing the semifinal series with a play-in game before the Wiffle series. Of all of them, that that one made. A little sense to me, at least when I first read it. Um, Jeff, what's wrong with the west side of Chestnut Park, and why would we consider switching to the east side? Uh, so part of the issue was this year we had a problem with the neighbors <laughs> to the west there. So uh, moving the field obviously would solve that if you moved to the other side. I believe we originally put it on that side just because it was away from that soccer goal. Right, um, which nobody uses. Yeah, and actually... It's a shame. Uh, Major League Baseball rules say that a field should face north-northeast, I believe, and uh, we would be uh, in line with those rules. So I just think it could also be a little bit of a shot in the arm at this point to change the field. And would you mind getting Steve Schroeder on the on the phone and have him comment on why we should or should not be in line with the Major League Baseball rules? Or have we had that discussion before? Yeah, I think we have. What does he say? Everything else, if it's not in the rules, it defaults to MLB. Is is that what he says, or that's is that's what, what the? I believe that's what he says. Okay, maybe he can jump on Facebook Live and give us some feedback. See how I'm trying to interact with our listeners. Gosh, you're I'm doing not, you're doing a great job. I'm not the best in the business for nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I I do like the idea of that semifinal. Uh, play-in game uh, as opposed to, uh, I think it just, uh, would that be the same day as the Wiffle series or would that, is that further down the road? Yeah, again, these are just things Concepts. that are going to be yeah brought to the table. So this would be just a one-game play-in between the two-seed and the three-seed prior to the Wiffle series. So it would be same day essentially, though? yeah, a one-day postseason. Extravaganza. Yeah, and, you know, part of that could be I'm not saying that the semifinal series is not uh, that intense, but I think a one-game play-in would be certainly very interesting. And on that particular day, if you did play four games, uh, I believe three of the four would be possible elimination games. So it would just increase the intensity level for the postseason. Have you ever thought, and if we were to take it, will we go Major League Baseball route and have the three-four play each other in a playoff game, one one off game, and then... The winner of that game play the two seed in a one off game and then play the Wiffle series. I mean, yeah, that I've, could be fun. I've thought a lot about several different scenarios. The thing about it is we we do need to make the the regular season mean something, and I I do like over the course of the last five years having the fourth seed or the fourth place team be eliminated because it gives you some motivation during the regular season. Gotcha. But I'm certainly open to all suggestions, and that's something that we'll discuss in the meeting. And and just for clarity, who is invited to the WLC meeting? Is it strictly council members? Uh, I believe Jeff Hanchman said one year that he just wanted to come and sit and listen to the meeting, that he wouldn't say anything. And I suppose that's valid. I believe that maybe we can say where we'll be meeting and if you want to come and listen you got nothing else better to do feel free and and i uh, mean i could suggest you uh do it in studio h here in uh facebook live the whole thing i think that would be great Uh, i think that very good suggestion let me ask you this i I don't want to get stay on this topic too long because i know we're going to move on and we have an exciting uh dave's vegas plays coming up but um if some of these topics you know seem to be very favorable within the council What's the voting procedure to make these actually happen, or is that something that uh, is more dictatorship and less democratic? No, that's the way we've done it since we have had five members. It's just majority rule. So if you get uh, three yes votes, then it passes. Okay, very good. 
Um, moving on, I want to remind everybody it is the 10th annual Wiffle Winter Banquet this year. 10th annual. It's a milestone. I wonder if uh, I wonder if we'll have any surprises. Comments? I don't know. I guess you'll have to be there to find out. <laughs> well, we will all be there. Um, once again, the Whiffle Winter Banquet will be hosted by the venerable Steve Andrews and Mike Satry. Um, Saturday, January 14th at 5 p.m. And that's, as always, at Lamplighter in Tavern and Grill. No commas there, though. It's just Lamplighter in Tavern and Grill. Um, so I think that's it. That's all we got for the show, right? Jason, or is there something else? We need. There, there, might, got be, audio? there might be something else. What it, what's, Hang on. What's left? I don't know. Oh! oh. There <laughs> it is! You know what that means, folks. Right, like, said it gonna set my soul. Gonna set my soul on fire. Let it play. Let it play. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn. So get those stakes up higher. <laughs> You know what that means? It's Dave's Vegas Plays. And I do think, I know we talked about this when Dave was our special guest, but I think, it, Jeff, is this in fact the first time Dave's done it live in studio? I think he did it the uh, two shows ago. Or and maybe it was the last show. He kept telling me that, but I didn't believe him. Yeah, no, he, he's done it live before. All right, Dave. Give us your right, five. Cool. Give What's us your what five. What was with the Icarumbo? Were you turning the Elvis song into mariachi music now? Or? Uh, why not? All right. Without further ado, let's start with Mike Satry and Steve Andrews' Wiffle Ball intro, including the video with their little stand-up routine. Over under 16 minutes. And their last, I believe last year, their... Intro was about 17 minutes, so I subtracted one minute because of Michael Satry's lack of motivation regarding wiffle ball activities. <laughs> no, definitely under, then. Take it under. Josh? I hope it's over. I, that's one of my favorite videos of the year. Steve, any uh, insider yeah. info? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave. Okay. That's, a, that's a great one. Next one. Next one. Will there be a technical difficulty large enough for a random guest to notice during the banquet? <laughs> yes, plus 350. So very unlikely. Or no, minus 450. When you're drawing up this... I got the no. You got the no. When yeah, I'm giving you props on this one because no, you posted videos on when, the... When you're drawing this up, can you give us a little bit more clarity on what your picture of a random guest would be? There will absolutely be. A guest that's been there less than three times. Okay, so a date... Not somebody just stumbling up from the bar. Right. Okay. A date or or someone that's like Eric Brogio. Okay. I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm gonna take the no on this too. This is the tenth banquet we've had. Jason's been yeah, at the helm of all of them. I think do, he knows does, what's up now. Does Jason falling off his stool count as a? Does a guest notice that? Yeah. Questionable, right? I'm yeah. absolutely taking yes on this. If you watch the ninth, that's an easy bet because there were a lot of mistakes. So. And how do we watch? And how do we watch the ninth JF? I don't want to. Right. I don't want to give a plug for the oh, Jason, website. Yeah, Jason was sending out. Uh, yeah, so video the this week. the plan here is that every le every week leading up to the banquet, which believe it or not is I think eight weeks out now, um, I'm going to release some video from the Wiffle League Video Vault, and currently part one and two of the 2016 Wiffle Winter Banquet are out. Nice. It's almost like a uh, what do they call those calendars you get during the advent. Christmas? Yes, the Advent calendar <laughs> of Wiffle. Video, Steve, thank you as a non-practicing Catholic Christmas. Do they do Advent calendars for the Jewish faith? No, they, uh, they, uh, no, none of that. It's just a lot of anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> a new Jew joke every day. There's not anti-Semitism <laughs> hey, amongst the hey, Jewish fe community. Festivus for the rest of us. Dave, moving on. Will there be a banquet teaser video directed by Luke about Luke being an overly controlling director? Yes, plus 250. No, minus 300. It's a gamble, but you never know. You know, he might be listening. Jeff, can you give us some, some background? Is Luke uh, heavily involved in the video production? Yeah, he's doing his usual video. Um, I think it may have been filmed. I don't know much about it, so I guess we'll find out the week leading <laughs> up to the banquet. So maybe Dave knows something you don't know. Yeah. 
Over under first time guests at the banquet. Two. Ooh. It's a tough one. It's a that's guys, a, what do you think? I would love the over just for new people to experience it. Well, who is potential to bring a new time guest? Dave Leap. Is Brian still dating that girl? No. Oh, really? Well, maybe. Well, maybe. I don't know. What I've about seen her on Bubbles. Laz. Laz is usually, uh, that's three. Jason? Eric Brozio's. Does Eric Brozio Jason's a guest? too busy to bring a guest. Yeah, Has Jason ever brought a guest? To, uh, what about Joe Lazzarini? I don't think he gets a guest. Does he, he get a guest, Jeff? Has he got a plus one? We got a line on something. Steve says he's going to bring a new guest. So oh! Does that pump two. it up? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and trend that Two up. and a half? Two and a half. <laughs> Based on that comment, I will say, do we have any update on Steve's friend Luke, who met a lady friend at the banquet last year? Can he come this year? Luke's not going to be able to make it, but this was, I know, yeah, he's going to be out of the country in Amsterdam, but this was a wiffle marriage made to be. They are together right now, going strong. In actually, and he got a divorce actually after he met after wow. he met Kim at the banquet. Power of Whipple. <laughs> wow, it's a destructive force, huh? <laughs> it's a bonding force too, though technically. Oh gosh, is that as powerful a force as Josh Wittenberg on the mound in 2016? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> all right, Steve, all you right. take over. Then you take the show over. I already got Laz breathing down my neck to be a co-host. That leads right into my next bet. Josh's awards over under, including lifetime achievement, over under 4.5. How many are you nominated for? I think five. So it'd have to be a clean sweep. You want to adjust that number, Dave? (laughs) Is that that one trending down now? That can take the half point. Which one won't he win? Hmm. Lifetime achievement? No, he'll win that one. <laughs> I think he'll win pitcher of the year. I yeah. think he always has okay. a shot at defensive. Offensive player of the year. Yeah, I think he always has a shot at defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year is in the bag. Will he win play of the year? That's four. Most improved? If he does. Most improved? Maybe. And then what was it? Yeah. So that one, pitcher. that's what it comes down to. I mean, he, so he's got lifetime achievement. That's one. He's got player of the year. That's two. And if we say he's pitcher of the year, that's three. So he needs to win three more, uh, two, two of the three yeah. more. To be the over, which are offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and then lastly, most, most improved. improved player of the year. That could go either way. I think you should have set this line at four. I did originally have it at four until you convinced me that you might win uh, most improved. <laughs> I didn't convince you at all. Well, you show me your stats. You're a stat man. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Dave, is that all you got, or are there any other uh, conceptual ones that didn't quite make it to the hopper? Play of the year, we talked about. Josh is a slight favorite. Um, I guess that's it. No, we're gonna wrap now, it up there. Can I? I want to go back in the archives a little bit. Didn't didn't you forecast a uh, another Chris Curtin behind the back? Yes, that was one of the previous. Pre- I think it was preseason, but... Was it that it would happen this year, or was it that it would be up for play of the year? I think it was uh, over over under one and a half. Yeah. And do or we have one. any... No, it was one. Do we have any stats on that? He did not have one, I'm okay. pretty sure. All right. Oh, Josh is reaching for his bag. Takeaways? Takeaways. Did we replace the error section? I thought that was one of the best things we had when Josh just told me everything I did wrong, and I... Argued him on it. Well, you've since not allowed yourself to make a mistake. You've said, Josh, just give me the stats, and then you'll move on. <laughs> That's See? I just wanted that gratification. <laughs> you've done great work. Thank you. <laughs> Steve, is that a personality disorder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's the end of the show, and Steve still hasn't figured out that just yelling doesn't quite <laughs> suffice. <laughs> He's got to go talk in the microphone. I got you, Steve. All right, uh, takeaways. Let's start with Jason. What do you got? There are way too many cooks in this kitchen, and this thing came completely off the rails with uh, seven of us here. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you include Mike, yeah. <laughs> There's only six of us. Plus Mike. Plus Mike. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, JF, what do you got for me? Uh, my takeaway from today is that Jason, I sent him 
the audio clips that I wanted for Brandon's interview, and he thought that Bukaki was spelled B O O C O C K I E D. How Halloween? <laughs> so, uh, d- is there a word that's spelled like that? <laughs> Probably not. Well. Sound it out, boys. Jason, you weren't so, an yeah, English we major, were you? Dave in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that with the Steve Andrews, like back to back? So yeah, we bukaki Dave in the face. What in the holy fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I think a, a great idea for the Wiffle Winter Banquet would be like a soundboard that people can just toy with, like off to the side. I will, we'll make a note of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, takeaways, Josh. My takeaway is how accurate Dave is when he makes his Vegas plays. I was looking at some of the Vegas plays from before the season, and one of his ideas was total home runs through the postseason 23. This year, 26. Who's going to have more home runs, JF or Schroeder? Both tied. Like, this guy is so accurate. I have a oh, question. Thanks, Could one of them tie? Or. It- no, they couldn't. One of them tied. They both tied. So they tied. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Many numerous. Thanks, Jerry Dobbs. You're welcome. <laughs> Takeaways, Dave. What do you got for us? Anything? I'm just going to go to our fan poll here. We have one question on Facebook Live. What beer is Steve drinking? Steven? Steve, you got uh, it's an IPA. It's a so IPA. It's got a really nice blend of uh, hops and malt. Obviously, hop heavy. It's an IPA. There you go, Dustin. <laughs> Dave that, Leap total triples through the postseason 3.5 total this year four this guy's on fire <laughs> he's awesome uh, my takeaways I have a couple is that okay JF or do I have to yeah don't forget Steve well Steve just gave us his takeaway on the Lagunitas IPA well he's got another one okay Steve come on in Get on that microphone. I've just got a. I've got two more. One is don't miss the banquet this year, the 2017 winter, winter whatever it's fucking called, winter tenth <laughs> annual. Tenth, tenth annual. annual. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, and the other one is what in the holy fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Much better sound quality there. I know. I but I did like kind of that like open air, distance recording, facing away from the microphone as well. Yeah. Um, a couple things. Uh, do I have time for takeaways or? Should I just do one? Why not? Why not? At this point, why the hell not? Go for it. Um, one, I, I do want to thank Michael D. Hansen, also known as Size, uh, for coming on the show. I appreciate that his wife would let him come on, and I think we all enjoyed that interview we just had a few minutes ago. Um, Your <laughs> It's funny because they're talking in the other room, and I can kind of hear them, but not completely. Anyway, uh, that's number one. Number two, I think what a what a tremendous year is in the books, and it'll be fun to celebrate yeah. on January fourteenth at Lamplighter Inn. Um, as Steve said, make sure you don't miss. Um, but uh, some tremendous performances by individuals, and obviously um, a tremendous season all around by all the teams. Um, and lastly, you know, it's such an honor to do this show. I take great pride in it. Um, you know, we've had the pleasure of having Dave and Steve in here a couple times, and JF, Josh, and Jason have been here uh, every time except for the one time I think Jason missed uh, when he was in Europe. But uh, we really enjoy this. It's a lot of fun. A lot of times it comes together at the last minute, but no doubt Josh, Jason, and JF do a ton of work behind the scenes, particularly Josh and JF with uh, what they put together ahead of time. And, uh, it's something I'm very thankful for as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday. So thank you for making this such a great job, and uh, I'm happy to be the talent behind the microphone. And with that, I want to thank you all, Facebook Live, those of you who will pull this up on your podcast stream. Uh, thank you for joining us on yet another edition of the Wiffle League podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Everything is awesome.
awesome. Dip my body in chocolate frosting. Three years later, I shot the frosting. Smelling like a blossom. Everything is awesome. Dip the mud, got new brown shoes. Awesome to win and it's awesome to lose. Awesome to lose. Awesome to lose. Everything is right, so